Hi, everybody. Welcome to our third episode today for Fish Out of Water. Thank you all for staying with us. If you've been with us since our first episode with Kaylin um, and Friday, um, shout out to Kaylin and Friday for, for hanging out with us. But um, we are super excited for our third conversation today. Um, and like I said before, in the previous episodes or conversations, like Fish Out of Water is like very, very much about just sharing the amazing people that we meet and the amazing conversations we have had because of meeting that person. And so we just want to take the time to plug um, just everything that you don't hear from the news. It's not really actually (laughs) tapping you into um, some of these really incredible people. So um, like I said, I'm Daryl. I'm the founder of Holy Rod Studio. Um, I'm Saskia. I'm the content and operations director at Holy Rod. Yeah. I'm Elena. I am the director of research and development at Holy Rod. I love their like podcast voices. It's yeah. very like hi, hey, Hello. intimate. I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, beautiful human being that we have on our Zoom call um, for you right now is the incredible, the one and only, the dynamic Ayana. <laughs> I won't butcher your intro. I'm not very good at them. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself to um, our listeners today and um give some insight about who you are, what you do. Amazing. Uh, My name is Ayana. I am the founder of Brainwash. And Brainwash is a digital space for black and brown youth to create and share stories. So we publish editorial content, everything from what Nicki Minaj did wrong in her last album rollout to analyzing Doja Cat's use of color in her music videos to essays about being a fat black woman, essays about being into BDSM, um, you name it, there are weird stories to fit whatever you're interested in, written and created by young black and brown writers, creators, photographers, videographers. We just launched our fashion podcast called Off the Rack, which is a monthly fashion podcast where we talk about weird, nerdy things that are specific to fashion, and it is co-hosted by my good friend Aquia, who I actually used to be her boss, hate using the word boss, but she used to intern for the company that I was working for at the time. And we both are black women who come from fashion, went to school for fashion. And we just like talking about nerdy fashion things like, oh my God, did you see this brand like moved here? And like, what do you think about their supply chain? <laughs> <laughs> my mom has no idea what I'm talking like, my friends don't care about supply chain, so we created a podcast so we can talk about supply chain. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Long. Listen, a niche so is a niche. Our last yeah. episode was about how COVID will impact the supply chain from distributors to retailers to manufacturing, the whole situation. And our next episode, which we're really excited about, is about African luxury brands and how we can yes. reframe the conversation around luxury and have Africa as a part of that not just Italy, not just Milan, like not just these big fashion cities, but Africa needs to be in that conversation. So that's that's kind of the overall just, you know, just casual things. Casual, (laughs) just some things you do. Um, Yeah, incredible. Definitely I'm going to go spend some time listening Mm -hmm. to that podcast. It is incredibly important for us who are on the other side of the supply chain. Um, And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that um, today. But Ayana, let's contextualize for those who are not necessarily like the fashion nerds. Like what has been, uh, what's been your experience? Like what drew you to fashion in the first place? And 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 how is that, where is that journey taking you now? So 
I think for me, fashion was so much more than cool clothes. It was a way of one expressing how you're feeling at the time. And I think I had a professor in college who said it best, Professor Halle, who said fashion isn't an island, it's a response. And it responds to the world around it. So for me, I'm someone who's super interested in everything, right? So I like to learn about history and culture and art. And fashion is a direct reflection of those worlds. So like learning about punk music and Malcolm McLaren. Okay, cool. Like now I understand why this safety pin t-shirt means something. So for me, it was about understanding the worlds in which I occupy. And fashion for me was just the vehicle that I chose to um, use to get there. For me, I went to college for fashion. I went to LIM college and I studied fashion merchandising and I graduated in, oh my God, I'm old, 2017. I'm not that old. I'm being not dramatic. Old. I'm being Listen, my team has young kids on there. Like Saad is one of our youngest writers. He's 20 years old and he's like, oh my God, you're, you're so old. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't understand. I was like, Gen Z is like really knowledgeable and very yeah. young. Yeah. 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 So fashion for me was always about storytelling, storytelling, just the common thread between all of my work. And the industry of fashion is very white, like very, very, very white and very rich. I think that something that separates fashion specifically is the, the class separation. Like there are girls who are just doing this because they're bored, right? They want to shop and they're bored and their daddy has a connection with someone who works at Bloomingdale's or Saks or Barney's RIP, and they just want to be around fashion and do that whole thing. So for me, it was a challenge to figure out where I fit in and how much of myself I can bring to spaces because I always found myself trying to make myself smaller, right? Trying to make myself more palatable for blonde hair, blue-eyed people. So they're not going to be like, Ayana's like, why are you so aggressive? Like, why are you being so extra? Why are you being so loud? Like, why are you doing, you're doing the most? And I'm not, I'm just taking them up, taking up space. And you're not used to Black women taking up space in that way. So, I mean, uh, uh, fashion, fashion is a, is a weird space. Just like any creative space, as you guys can imagine, especially when you're trying to make a substantial amount of money off of this thing yeah. so yeah mm -hmm. so where does that leave you in terms of like your journey to create brainwash yeah so I was in college I think I was a sophomore I believe and I thought that I was either going to be a trend forecaster which for people who don't know are agencies that are hired by big brands to tell them hey these are the colors that are going to be popping in 2021 2022 these are the textiles these are the um, fabrications. These are the silhouettes. And it's just like a weird nerdy research job that doesn't, ex it exists now, but because of the internet, brands don't necessarily need to hire an agency to predict trends where they can just go on Instagram. Yeah. So that's kind of why that never happened. But I was in my sophomore year and I was trying to pitch out freelance work because I was like, well, I'm a writer. I've been a writer my whole life. Let me see if I can maneuver this freelance world that my professors keep talking about. And I had written an essay about Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly album and why publications needed to give the album space to live without critiquing it. Because I think that especially with music journalism, complex and pitchfork, they're so quick to be like, yeah, this album that took you a year to make, 
it's a 6.5 yeah. a day after it came out, which is like, mm-hmm. you're not even allowing the listener to have a second to figure out if they like it because you're telling me if I should like it. And if I don't like it, then there's something wrong with me. Like, so that's kind of what the whole essay was. And I pitched it out to a bunch of music publications and it was picked up and they were like, this is awesome. Cut it down. Cause people don't read, like make it 150 words, 200 words. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I was like, okay, I've just built something for it to live on. And that's kind of how it started. And from there, I slowly got people to contribute people that I've never met people that are now some of my closest friends. And it's, been four years now four years it was like my new year's resolution i was like i need to do something that's meaningful ayana what what are you leaving when you die like existential crisis i was having existential crisis (laughs) at 19 but it's you know it's 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 funny and it's good to be humble but like that is no easy feat yeah yeah like that quick little i guess i'll just do it for myself i mean that is yeah First of all, it's huge. Yeah. Let's like, really? Yeah. Let's like just pause on that moment. Let's like actually zoom in <laughs> yeah. on that. Because that's not hard. That's not hard. Even if, even just from the point that you're making from your essay, which is like, here's an institution who tells me that I need to be a certain way and to cut myself off in order to be approved by them, mm-hmm. which is the whole point of why you like the essay. No, we're not really connecting those dots, you know? Yeah. So like, can you invite us in a little bit to that experience? Like, what was it like for you to just be like, I guess I'm going to have to create a platform for myself? It was, I'm going to be super honest, it was the most challenging thing I've ever done. But it was something that I had always thought about doing. And it was probably around November at this time. And I was like, look, Ayana, if you don't start this thing by January 1st of the next year, literally don't talk about it anymore. Because at this point, it's annoying. Like, I'm annoying myself, hearing myself talk about this thing. It's just like, girl, nobody cares. We don't care. Like, we don't care. Like You said you were we a Capricorn care. moon, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I see it. So, I mean, built everything on Squarespace, Squarespace, which it lives on now, and had no design background, no Photoshop background. Not, I didn't even know what GoDaddy was. I didn't know you had to buy a domain. I didn't know any of that. And it was difficult because I was taking six classes at the time. I was doing full-time school. I was commuting Monday through Thursday, like an hour and a half one way to school. I was interning on my free times, my free moments during the week. And I was working at H&M from Friday to Sunday. Oh, okay. And then you just squeezed it in somewhere. I was like, yeah. I need to leave my class right now and go in the hallway and like write an article about Beyonce's Lemonade and then come back. Like, just weird. Like, why? I don't, yeah. But I think what what drove you beyond just like, mm. yes, like let's set a date and make an accomplishment and like project manager lives. Yes. But like, what do you think kept that energy going? Like, what was the battery that you were pulling from to give you that extra time to make that time, quite yeah. honestly? Yeah. For me, I I was hungry for spaces where people were having meaningful conversations. And for me at that time, there were none, or at least I didn't know of them. So I was like, well, I need to create this because I I don't want to read about whatever a Kardashian is doing all day long. Like, I don't care. Like, I literally don't care. Like, what other conversations are we having? Childish Gambino, he had an interview where he said, like, yeah, things are moving fast. The internet makes things move fast, which is okay, but people aren't thinking. People aren't thinking about what they're consuming and they're not using the information that they're consuming to inform how they move through their day to day, right? So even if we're writing an article about Nicki Minaj, I'm not writing about Nicki Minaj. I'm using Nicki Minaj 
to talk about the world, to talk about my experience, to talk about the experience of people who look like me. So it's, it, I just needed a space, honestly, to have conversations that weren't surface. So I was like, well, I'm just going to stay up like a crackhead. I, I relate to what you're saying about, um, you know, that moment that you have where you're like, well, stop talking about it, like, just get it done. Because even like something that I struggle with, like, really hard when we're running a business is like fantasizing about things. And, you know, it's there is a sense of urgency of like, OK, well, how long can you fantasize about something before it's time to like get that to do list? And I don't think I fantasize long enough. I think I'm like a little too grounded when it comes to it. But I do understand like the frustration of picturing something for so long and then what are you gonna do say to yourself like oh I guess it's not possible but it like, sounds you're just like, gonna find a way yeah but it sounds like for please correct me if I'm putting mouth in, um, words in your mouth Ayana but it sounds like it's actually more like you don't have permission to complain about what you're reading if you also have this fantastic idea that you know you can fix a problem and talent mm-hmm. I mean it sounds like you know you're very talented you know and being mm-hmm. able to you know, words are limiting and be able to really connect with people and really bring in analogies about real world people that we all know about, mm-hmm. but also connect it back to really having much deeper conversations, deeper which, conversations we need which to be having, mm-hmm. we need to be having, you know, it can't just be a hashtag. Yeah. And it's cool. And it's just exercising critical thought, right? So like, it's fun for me and my, like my team, we're in constant communication. Like we send each other articles, like we have nothing to do. Right. And we're like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about my writer, Saad, he wrote an article about the soundtrack to the recession and how a post-COVID world is going to inform hip hop music and how rap music right now is like introspective and blues music. And he's pulling all this information. I'm like, yo, you're so smart. Your brain is actually insane. Like, I don't my brain is not wired that way to think about music in that way. But I'm like, yo this makes perfect sense but this is just how we see the world yeah yeah how many writers do you have at the moment so we have a team and we all kind of write so we have a team of about five like solid brainwash members but we have contributors that have sent in articles or pitched us ideas or that we pound down like a lot of them are like to my friends i'm like you know how to do this thing like stop pretending like you don't here's a space for you to do it and I will work with you to make it the best possible thing like let's do it and that I just convince all my friends to do things how are people (laughs) how are people finding brainwash so mostly from social media from twitter mostly which I find and I would recommend anyone who is a writer that if you don't have a twitter or if you're not active on twitter get active right now and if you're a black writer and you're not on twitter you're actually insane there is no more the Black Twitter is the biggest media company in the world. I definitely read that tweet from you the other day. <laughs> I was like, okay, facts. I know. Um, no, that's that's a great recommendation. Actually, I have a quick question. It might be a little sappy, but how did, I mean, what, besides what I can assume about the context of the word brainwash, like what, what, what makes that, what was the decision, I think, to have that be the name? Because it's yeah. powerful. Yeah, so initially... It was going to be called Zeitgeist, which is one of my favorite words, but it's also hard to write and hard to say. So from a business perspective, it just didn't make any sense. And I don't know when I came up with the name, but I do remember saying like, I want our site to feel like a cleansing of sorts, right? Like you can come on our site and forget whatever foolishness is being published on 
any of these whatever sites and you can read something that actually makes you feel something. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it came from. It's amazing. That's so powerful. So I think um, what I'd love to do is is actually talk about sort of like the future that you envision with the vehicle that is brainwashed. Because the same way I think that you approach fashion as a vehicle for you to process the world, brainwash does feel like a manifestation of that same sort of core value that you have, even if you are not, even if brainwash in and of itself isn't like a fashion brand. Uh, it's obvious that the podcast that's associated with it allows you to touch on those things, but what are you hoping you can like continue to manifest with brainwash? Like what's the vision for you in like the next few months post COVID, but also sort of like into the years after that. Cause it sounds like this is something that is not a negotiation or an option to not do in your life. Mm -hmm. It's clearly created in a really important. I've tried, listen, I've tried to put it down several times. Yeah. (laughs) Keeps finding me. So I don't have a choice at this point. Um, for me at the core of like, who I am as a person is to invest in black and brown youth. Like for me, it is important for young people to see a world that exists where they're present in it, right? Like they have space, they can hold space and they can take up space. And I think that's kind of why our focus on brainwash is youth culture, young people. One of my writers, her name is Brianna. She's an amazing writer, but she's also an amazing filmmaker. And that's what she's going to school for. And I was her camp counselor when she was, I've known her since she was, I want to say 13. I was, I must've been 16 and I'm 25 now. And I like forced her. I'm like, Hey, I know you still write, come do this thing. And she's just taken on such an incredible and important role. And now she's the assistant editor of Brainwash. So she works with other young people to produce their stories. So for me, the editorial will be at the core of who we are. Storytelling is at the core of who we are, but we want to make sure that we're creating infrastructure and opening doors for young people to come through. So the editorial content will stand. We are collaborating with a grassroots nonprofit organization that works with black young girls and building out curriculum to teach them how to navigate the world post-school. So college, career, seeing a world where they don't necessarily have to get a nine to five, right? You can freelance. And what does that mean? Like, what does that mean as a young kid to know what a freelance is? Like, how do you negotiate your salary? How do you negotiate your benefits? Okay, if I'm 20 years old and I don't need your health insurance, can I get a 10% increase on my salary and you can take the health insurance off my compensation? I didn't know I could do that. So like, I haven't had a job in a long time. Yeah, you haven't. (laughs) But these are things that I've learned in offices and spaces that these kids like I want to give them a leg up right like there isn't anything wrong with young people having a leg up whether it be because their parents taught them financial literacy growing up but black girls don't have that we don't have the leg up so using brainwash as a vehicle to be the leg up is kind of where we're going now so producing the editorial content producing the podcast and right now we are working on producing an online shop, which I'm really, really, really excited about. And for me, as someone who has worked in fashion and also has a lot of homies that make cool stuff, I'm like, yo, like I see them on Instagram being like, if you want this hoodie, DM me, if you want this, DM me. And how great would it be if I created infrastructure for that to live and it feel more thorough and succinct? Like, I know you don't want to build a website, like give me your product on consignment. I'll take care of the shipping. 
I will create the content. I will photograph it. You can still sell it on your own. I don't care to make a bunch of money off of this, but like, let me help you so that if you decide that you want to be a designer full time, you can be like, yo, I have a stockist. Like I'm sold on brainwash. Like here are my, here are my sales. And for me, that was really, really important because black designers are just not seen for real. Like, thank God we have Kirby from Pier Moss and Telfar who's killing it. And a girl from DC named Hanifa who just killed the 3D virtual fashion show. Like there are black designers that are doing it, but for kids, if you don't have access to schooling or, or internships, which are hella elitist. Cause like, why am I working for free to get a yeah. coffee? Like, that's yeah. stupid. Um, for us, we were like, yo, like let's help as much as we can. Um, this week I'm meeting with, well, I'm virtually meeting with a girl who just graduated FIT and she was born in Jamaica. And I just, I've been scouring the internet for graduates of fashion colleges, especially black ones, because I know for a fact that a world post COVID, they are not going to be able to have the same opportunities to sell whatever it is that they want to sell. And I'm like, this is something that I can help you with. Let me do that right out of college. So you don't have to like go through tuitions that I did. So that's, that's kind of what we're doing. So think opening ceremony with an (laughs) emphasis on on incredible, like the ability for, because there's just only one path and it's not dead end. It's a complete dead end. And like, there, the all I hate using the word alternative. It's just there's infinite ways to create mm-hmm. and to be and mm-hmm. to like see other people just being like, well, I'm just you know like mm-hmm. every single person we spoke to today and everyone you know that mm. the people I like to surround myself with are exactly the heroes. Yeah, like that is a hero's work. You know, yeah. it's something that Friday is doing. Yeah. It's just like creating it and showing, and you know, showing that mm. it can be done. It can be done. Also, monet like monetizing yourself as a fashion designer wow. like i don't as a i don't even know yeah. no but as a creative like i sometimes i i know that that i have a not a, a lot of knowledge when it comes to like video and photo and like you know roles that are on set when it comes to like being a fashion designer yeah the only experience that i have with fashion designers is people you know pulling things for free and like that's important too i know you know it's a it's always a collaborative effort um and obviously the designers are like the backbones of the editorials that you're putting forward but a conversation about how you then just monetize yourself as a fashion designer i don't even know what that looks like without the I, capital, I wouldn't even right? know like, to, start. to be a designer yeah. you, it requires a lot of money up front like think of the the trade shows that you guys have attended right like in order to be a first-time designer and occupy a booth that maybe a big retailer will come and write orders for it's five six thousand dollars off top and that's just for the ticket that's I not know. to ship when, or any of the other things when we found out those prices <gasps> at, shock i was shocked yeah. i was shocked I, I know but so it's really something that i think is super important in his align that connects so many of the people that we have conversations with yeah. either on purpose or by accident is the folks that are recognizing yes here's this cool incredibly impeccably curated delicious fantastic platform that you can go and engage with for free to have something that can cleanse your mind from the bullshit that in of itself yes but then also the dope fucking shit that I want people to understand is that back end stuff that you don't get praised for that people don't really know about and you're doing without the praise because it doesn't really necessarily um, sort of 
encompass all of the issues that you have encountered and we have seen and encountered in our, in our experience, whether it's just knowing the price point of Coterie or knowing how much, you know, working with Joan from Project 428 and who's mm-hmm. working on recognizing that you can't even uh, qualify for CFDA until you have five fucking seasons under your belt or something like that crazy. And yeah. so I think what's incredible here, Ayana, is like you are a... From the outside, I think, from somebody who doesn't know you, just falling upon brainwash, people must think, okay, here is a media platform that's making money and that's all they're doing. But, mm-hmm. like, that's really not it. Like, it's not necessarily, first of all, even about the profit. It's about sort of, like, all of the abundance and profit that comes that isn't based in capitalism. But then even further than that, you are also inviting those folks to benefit without shaving themselves off mm-hmm. from their core to mm-hmm. actually be able to thrive because I think the other thing is like creatives are always told like oh like the starving artist and that makes you more authentic probably more so I think in the last generation than even our generation but yeah I mean I think I really just want to focus in on and talk a little bit more about that infrastructure side of things because like yes having a store where we can support brown and black folks who are creating incredible work that we want to give their money to right Um, cause they're making dope stuff, right? Like fucking fire outfits that you see on Instagram and there's like one of them and they're like, so I don't have any left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, um, um, just, uh, rambling here, but can we talk a little bit about more about that? Like, um, what is the importance of also spending your time to like actually hype up the young writers that you're working with or doing that extra research yeah. of, t- uh, to, to find those recent grads and, and going out of your way to be like your fire come, I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's we're just wants to be a part of the conversation. And okay. Okay. I mean, I think it's everything, right? Like I think that if I weren't doing those things, the platform would be very self-serving. It would be like, okay, Ayana's cool and she knows how to find cool people. And I like that's in that it stops there for us. Like with brainwash, it is important for me to invest in the careers of everyone involved. Right. Like my creative director, if he, like he used to be an artist, right. We went to high school together. He used to draw more often than he does now. And I will literally hit him like, you need to start drawing today. Like, here's your challenge for the day. Sketch something because this is a gift and a talent that you have. And it's not to monetize it, right? Like, I'm not a capitalist in that way. I, I think capitalism is actually stupid. But having a gift and having a way to speak to the world is important that you continue to invest in that. So for me, I have to invest in him. I have to invest in all my writers. Like, that's gonna get on a call and talk for an hour, two hours and figure out the story and flesh it out and make it the best thing. Like when my assistant editor is filming her first short film, Ayana, can you help me? Yeah, I'm on the ground filming it for you. Like, am I really a filmmaker? Not really, but I have a specific eye and a gift that I can help you and whatever you need. So for me, investing is the only reason why we exist. You just have a way of making things sound so obvious. Like you have to just like- People make things so complicated. People- I don't know. People are so obsessed with making money that they forget everything necessary to make money, right? Like, okay, you're selling cool things, but can you sustain that? Like, are you investing in your community? Like, if you're making cool stuff and the people that you're selling to are poor, like, are you doing what you need to do? You're not. You're actually not. 
people you really have need to thread the followers needle. on Instagram, but you're not saying any, I don't care. You look cute. That's fine. So do I. We all do. Like, yeah. <laughs> on Instagram, we do. Facts. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, you just have like, up. first of all, if you don't follow Ayana, like you should follow her on Inst- on Twitter because like her feed is amazing. <laughs> um. I literally mute any news and I just like follow the people who I'd prefer yeah. to listen to. Um, but no, on a more serious note, I mean, like I, I'd love for, to invite some people who are not so fashion oriented around why is it so important for Brainwash Club to exist? Not just because, um, there are probably people watching who want to support brown and black owned businesses, which is definitely a good thing, but there's a deeper layer behind it that I think people need to understand why that's so important. Yeah. I think that for black kids specifically, we only have but so many avenues to express ourselves. And I think it is important to show that Black people can exist in every space. And for me specifically, it's important for me to teach every single young person that comes on the site, whether they're a designer or whether they're a shopper, all of the back end stuff that, as you say, no one tells you, right? Like how to negotiate your contract, right? Elena was talking about it on her episode. How to actually read your contract, how to make sure that you're getting the right amount of money for your product like when we're speaking to designers and they're telling us their price point how much it takes for them to make it like you got to bump that up like i know you're trying to appeal to a specific audience but you're selling something for 20 dollars needs to be 40 like you have to be willing to say like i'm worth 40 dollars it needs to be sold for 40 dollars and whoever can afford the 40 dollars will buy it and that's that on that so for me it's an exercise in building something that's sustainable like sustainability in a real authentic true way so even if you're have no interest in fashion being able to understand how to build something from the ground up in the the most transparent way possible like anyone knows this like ayana like how do you stay organized like let me show you how i use asana right like let me show you how i build it let me show you how to write an email like what you're doing right now is not working let's let's figure this out like let me show you how to build a website like these are things that if you want to be taken seriously, if you want to create something that is sustainable, if you want to actually not just say, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this, and not have any actionable steps behind it, this is how you need to do it. And it's not that hard, but if you don't have any, um, what you call it, folks around you who are showing you how to do this, then you don't know, like, you don't know what a pro- what project management is. Like, bro, I, what? I know. But you do, but you just don't know that you already yeah. do. Yeah. 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 That's not really taught in school. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah. and that's also what's so incredible about um, this, uh, like inviting you into this podcast is because I don't really think like a lot of the people that are doing that back end work are actually getting the publicity so that people who are actually doing their research to find the brands and the platforms that they should be supporting, which is the homework that we should all be doing with COVID, mm-hmm. by the way, figure out who owns that platform before you go and like support it, figure out what campaigns they're supporting, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But for some of the smaller um, institutions and organizations and platforms and things like, I just want to, again, plug you and yeah. the work that you're doing because, um, and for anybody who's watching this, even if it's on, you find it on YouTube a couple of years after mm-hmm. um, we've even 
even recorded this. Like I just want um, people to um, yeah, to, to, to actually just let's shine a light on this for a second. And like if everybody who is listening to this and ever listened to us just followed you and supported you and bought something off of that store, I mean, there would be a, a direct impact, yeah. a yeah. direct impact. And I think that that's what um, gets us so excited about meeting dope people, but then also like really even more excited to just like share and spread that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's clear that like you've got a lot of amazing stuff that you're working on. You've got the podcast. Let's plug the name for the podcast one more time. Off the Rack. And we're on every streaming platform and you can watch us on YouTube if you'd rather see my cute face, which I'd recommend 10 out of 10. Yes. Yes. Um, what else have you got working on? You've got Brainwash. You can follow uh, it on Instagram. You can- And the website. And the website. Yeah. yeah. So Instagram and Twitter is Brainwash X Media. So you can follow- us on both platforms we have the podcast which is off the rack and to stay up to date on our content we do have a newsletter that you can subscribe to which all the links are in both socials and brainwash.media is our site so all of the things will be there amazing and so when do you plan on having the um brainwash club up and running hopefully soon okay so soft launch will happen in july just because we wanted to give some space for those that were affected by COVID. A lot of the designers were affected, their manufacturers, whatever the case is, and a hard launch in September. So oh, amazing. July, sometimes in July, I'm not going to give a date because I'm going to screw myself in doing that. But if but everyone's July. following you, yes. they will see. Okay. Yeah. July. I'm sure yeah. we will plug it like yeah. crazy. Yeah. I'm yeah. definitely yeah. Yeah. going to be buying something. <laughs> Me too. And we're also, something that's super important for us is that it is size inclusive. My buyer is a fat black woman and it is so important. Like it needs to we need, go up to at least double XL. That yeah. is bare minimum. Like size 20 is bare minimum. And I think that is something also to remember, especially if you are a designer and you're listening to this, you need to make sure that you're making clothes for all body yeah. types. Yeah. Period. yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Is there anything else that you've got going on? Is there a book that people should read? Is there something that are you writing a book? I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if you are. <laughs> I'm always, I'm always writing something. I would plug bell hooks all about love. Currently reading that. Anything Bell Hooks, I would recommend. I would also recommend supporting Kimberly Drew, who her book is over there. She has a book called This Is What I Know About Art. And she built the Tumblr platform Black Contemporary Art, I believe is the platform that it's called. And she talks about navigating the art world as a Black woman. And the book is really for like young girls, I think like 16, 17, 18, but definitely would recommend. Um, what else would I recommend? I read so many things, honestly. I recommend people to read. Please read, please <laughs> just, read. Just that's, that's read. So recommend. Saying that you don't read is not an attractive quality. Like, no. oh my God, oh my God. I just Who don't would read. Say that I, just, out loud? I just can't, like, that's <laughs> not cute. Do say that out loud? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, and it's not cute. It's not oh. cute. Like, I understand, like, some text is kind of dense and hard to get into, but there are articles online. You can read anything on Brainwash. Um, there is a app that everyone should have on their phones called Pocket, and it allows you to save and download any articles that you see. So like if your brain is like weirdly going like mine and you're like, OK, I see this article and I don't want to read it right now. You just save it to your pocket. It downloads it and you can read everything at night or in the morning, yeah. whatever you're or on the subway when that was. A thing. Yeah. And if you're yeah. still confused and you're looking for something to read, uh, just straight up go to Brainwash yeah. Media. Yeah. Like, yeah. is that not period? Yeah. yeah. 
we are always excited and um, just blessed to be graced with your presence yeah. and all the great work that you do. Um, I'm sure that there'll be like a lot of other times that we have each other on each other's podcast. Although I don't know if we can get that nerdy with fashion. No, we can get I nerdy can't. with post-production if you want to talk about that. Um, yeah, the other side of the pl- supply chain. But um, yeah, I we're so grateful to have you. So always just like incredible to hear you speak and, and um, the nuance of your perspective. And so, um, yeah, we're just really, really grateful to have met you, but also to just like in the presence of your incredible amount yeah. of work um, that you do. So um, if nobody said it already today, you're amazing. You're we amazing. love you. Yeah. Um, and if for those of you who are listening, um, definitely go ahead and check out the links that we are um, putting in the below. So whether you're listening uh, to us on Spotify or watching us on YouTube, we'll um, definitely make sure to have those. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Until next time, um, we will see you off the Zoom call. And um, all these episodes will be, if you're listening live, they'll be um, edited and and put onto our platforms um, weekly starting in July. So Mm -hmm. thanks so much, baby. We will see you soon. Thank you, Ayana. We really appreciate it. We love you. We'll see you in phase two. Phase two. Soon. Please. I know. Literally. I need it.